episode ten. I'm Corey. Hang on, big big screen Auckland. Episode ten. I'm Auckland. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Auckland. <laughs> it was fucking awesome. Tim Morrison was joking about that at the trekker. Oh, you were there. There's one scene where uh, Ray Winston's like he's got lines, but he's tied to a tree, and Ray Winston's meant to be feeding him, like cut a bit of potato. So he like waits for him to have a line, and he goes, "Walk." That was Tim's tiny story from Tracker. Episode 10, I'm Corey. I'm Nige. And we saw Sucker Punch this week, which was on... No, it wasn't on my top 10, was it? Sucker Punch. Maybe it was. Who knows? It's going to be a doozy. Well, we are what we are as well. That was definitely your top 10. So Sucker Punch is a new pervy film from Zack Snyder, who made um, 2004's Dawn of the Dead, 300, Watchmen, some CGI owl thing. This is about a girl coping with her stay in an insane asylum by imagining all sorts of hijinks with samurais and dragons and fucking robots and zombie Nazis and um, all dressed as Sailor Moon. What do you think, Corey? Yeah, it was pretty good. Serious? That's what you're giving me? It was pretty good. No, it was awesome. <laughs> That's what I wanted. <laughs> no, it was fine. Yeah, well, which was it? Was it awesome? Well, was it pretty good or was it fine? Yeah, they're all of the above at different stages. Overall feeling of entertainment gained from that movie? A plus. Thoroughly entertained. A plus? Yeah. Mm. Definitely shouldn't be on anybody's top 10 list. But for what it is, it was great at it. I believe at one stage a giant samurai, after missing her with a rocket propelled grenade, pulls out a Gatling gun. Mm. And she rushes at him, dodging the bullets from the Gatling gun, and cuts him in half with her magic samurai sword. As she flies over top of the camera, I believe there's an upskirt shot. Mm. Yeah, sorry, what, what were your thoughts? Obviously you thought something wrong with it? Something. Yeah, where you go. Something wrong with it? <laughs> Try and convince me. I'm of the, it was awesome, and anyone that doesn't think so just wasn't expecting what he was going to see. No point discussing it. It's either awesome or you didn't get it. No, no. Those are the it's options. It's either awesome or you're a hater. Tell me why you hated it. You gave it an A+. Plus. A+, plus for entertaining me. All those uh, super close-up shots of spinning buttons and colour washed out, the overacting, Zack Snyderisms throughout. I went back through my extensive lists for the last year to find a movie I hated more than this, and I couldn't find one. Skyline had a really interesting ending and some pretty cool destruction scenes, so it scored better than Sucker Punch. Entertainment value, what can I give it? What's the worst you can give? F minus. Doesn't go as far as Z. No, you didn't enjoy it? Not one bit. It was painful. You and Pat sat on either side of me in the theatre like fucking bodyguards. I couldn't <laughs> run. It was the most. My head hurt. I hated it so fucking much. What a terrible, terrible film. Oh, what a disaster. It was a thousand times better than um, Skyline. But Skyline had those cool... Remember that Ferrari come out of the thing and the things crushed her? That was pretty cool. There was no cool minutes in Sucker Punch. What did you like? The gay soundtrack? The slow-mos? The lack of character? A skirt. Oh, could I just like give you a skirt and you can go and play with that in the corner and we can watch something better, like Skyline? Uh, no, it was good, bro. It was good. How's it doing online? Who's closer to the masses? No, it's 50-50 and they're, and they're swaying exactly like us. We actually represent both. Like Some people are calling it like the end of cinema as we know it. This is everything that's wrong with cinema. This is why Hollywood should be shut down. Yep. Other people are saying it's a fucking fanboy fantasy it's awesome these girls in the third imagination world or inception whatever the hell you call it yeah they had no it was so fucking boring to watch they flipped around with no what what's the point of having giant samurais if no one can touch them if they're invincible they're magically invincible yeah what the fuck is the point it was my worst video game i've ever not played it's basically like watching watching someone play a video game for two hours on cheat mode you're not allowed to touch the controller. Yeah, I can see how you could have that opinion. You like video games, right? Yeah, I do. 
There was stages of them being invincible. I thought that at the time. This is oh no, it's a dragon. How are they ever going? Oh yeah, they didn't give a shit. Yeah, they, they just cut its head off. They just killed it. Yeah. Once or twice, the girls were thrown into walls and shit. But it was all too fast paced oh, no. to give a shit. What? What's the point of watching it? Why not? Like, they didn't give a shit about it. Why should we give a shit about it? They just skipped through unharmed zombie Nazis. Who cares? It's just fucking repixelated the last stage. It's the same stage over and over again. Imagine if you played a game, and every time you made it through the stage, they're like, awesome, do it again. We'll put different hats on the bad guys. They do, bro. That's not a cool game. That's nearly all games. So maybe maybe this is my uh, hate on video game session. Then. Possibly. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. I hadn't given it the game category just yet. But, um, yeah, okay. It was like watching a video game. Here's, like here's what I was thinking. video game really well with much better graphics. On like, cheat mode. There's no danger, no risk, no stakes, no weight to it, no nothing. No, it wouldn't go that far. They can't be touched. We're waltzing through a million levels. Half this is going to take two hours. I think four out of five of them died at the end. Not could be Yeah, like sacrificed themselves or died in a fucking... She tried to imagine herself away from an institution, so she imagined herself into a brothel. Or well, that's the same as saying fucking Aragorn, the Lord of the Rings, can't be touched. He went through all three films unscathed. At the very end of the day... There, he, was, uh, there was weight to that. You never knew whether he was going to get hit in the, by a sword or not. These girls didn't break a sweat. They just flipped over everyone. There's a giant samurai. How are they ever going to get past this? I'll jump on his head and stab him in the eye. Shoot him in the eye. Sorry. With my handgun. I was really paying attention. Oh no, he's got a bazooka and a Gatling gun. Whatever shall we do? I've got a pistol, it's fine. Yeah, I'll just jump over his bullets. Mm. So why did they bother making him three times the size? Why didn't they make him eight times the size? Because it wouldn't have made any fucking difference. Yeah, totally. Because it made it the size of the set. Yeah, it would all fit perfectly. You don't need to see it with a bit of gun, but what you were watching was to see her do that half sideways flip roll choreographed like um, Rob from a bank and duck between the lasers type move. Right, right, right. Yeah, it was, it was only visual entertainment. He tried with the music. Half the songs weren't that bad. You know, she actually sung Which it. half? The one's not sung by her. <laughs> um, Bjork was pretty good. I believe that was original. <laughs> Rev's remix had Skunk and Nancy in there. I love Bjork and Skunk and Nancy, but why was the soundtrack all 80s and 90s redos? Why did he just put crunchy guitars and just redo? Sweet Dreams has already been redone, like 15 years ago. It was already modified up. Yeah. He did it again. How fucking not cutting edge was this film? The graphics had all been done before. The soundtrack had been done a billion times before. It was embarrassing. Pixies, Eurythmics, Bjork... Queen. What the fuck, man? Is that Queen in there? We are the champions and... Oh, really? And it was all really badly tied in. Like when she's dreaming, it's sweet dreams. When the the army of girls comes out, it's army of me. When she's getting lobotomized, it's where is my mind? I see. And he would just turn all the dialogue off, which is fucking good because the dialogue was terrible, and just crank it up. It was just music videos. This thing was music videos. And computer games. Intercut with video games, graphic novels, and then he tried to make it a musical on top of that. Like with singing, and you could tell by the end credits he really wanted to make a musical. Yeah, I read that they cut out all the musicals, which is why he was happy he was allowed to leave it in. The um, drug, what was it? Roxy Music or something? Yeah, Roxy Music, right? Musical. I mean, when he releases his special features, he's putting them back in, apparently. That I won't watch, obviously. Well, I'll never watch it again, but uh, yeah. For Tuesday, it was very entertaining. Perfect. What was the other selections that day? No, it was great. I'm going to go rent a DVD, I'm not putting a poster Stay up. Stay home, I should have chosen that one. <laughs> Yeah, to stay home. Yeah. What did you think of Scott Glenn? He's a good actor. He was in um, Right Stuff and things like that. Who? 
the boy one that was in the movie. He was like their boss. He was at the start of every repetitive stage. He'd oh, come Charlie. on and say some bullshit. I, yeah, I felt they were looking for David Carradine, but because he often said... I had the same thing in my notes. Yeah. Pretty much was playing David Carradine. Why okay. was he there? Oh, he needed someone. He needed someone to be the bus driver. Someone to come in and say, if you don't stand for something, you're blah, 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 blah. He just was repeating ridiculous, nonsensical, not nonsensical, non-needed bullshit. Yeah, well, he's like the dude in the video game that gives you the info. Or the superheroes... You feel he was necessary for this plot. No, but nor did he take anything away. Oh, yes, he did. If anything, <laughs> he Blue... was shocking. Blue took away from it, the, the lead dude with the little Oh, yeah, yeah, everything did. I'll give you that. Everything uh, took away from it. No, it was good. You weren't convincing me otherwise. It was entertaining. Yeah, it wasn't. More so than Skyline. Skyline was terrible. There's my line, if you want to know. Sucker Punch is a bit better than Skyline. Oh, you know, if you're after brainless entertainment, it's an A+. Who's, who's after brainless entertainment? When you watch... The Masses. Limitless, or Machete, or Expendables. Yeah, those are all better. Yeah, there's no need to see this one, ever. Watch Dawn of the Dead. Zack Snyder's Dawn of the Dead. He's not talentless. I can't remember. I don't know if I've seen anyone. Where is it? Super Mall or something? Or um, mm. with uh, Ving Rhames and um, Sarah Polly. Yeah, Ving Rhames was the guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen it then. Very good film. That was his first one before he forgot he had talent. Very cool. Now, let's flip the tables is what I'm guessing. We are what we are. Is uh, We're at the showcase. <laughs> World Cinema Showcase ended in that week gone. When it's all We Are What We Are, which is a, a Mexican film about a family coping with the death of the father figure. But it's not because they're grieving, but because he's the one that collects the meat for their cannibalistic rituals. So the three kids and a batshit mum have to deal with finding homeless kids and prostitutes and shit for eating while fending off the cops. I thought it was real cool. Corey? It wasn't. <laughs> it wasn't real cool. Um, it was better than Skyline. <laughs> it was better than Skyline. You know what it was? That's not hard though. Skyline is easily the worst film I've ever seen in a long, long time. Oh, Sucker Punch. Oh, sorry. No. Yeah, I was I was quite disappointed. I had huge hopes for this one, but it had a lot of problems. I thought it had heaps of shit going for it as well. You didn't see any, any good in it? Maybe I was distracted by the bad shit. Yeah. No, all I could think of was, what am I here for? Dissecting it afterwards was fun, but yeah, it just... Fell flat and all. Fell flat? Uh, yeah, I don't know. Like, why? Maybe you talked it up to me too much. I was looking forward to this. Yeah, could have done, yeah. And it came out, didn't like any of the people, didn't like any of the characters, didn't dislike them enough to root against them. Nothing. The two brothers. I'd seen that before, I think. Spanish want to put two brothers in a Spaniard's. Oh, fucking, here's a bit of racism for you. You know, those Spanish films I often see <laughs> every now and then. Is it me or do they put two brothers in singlets in a hot room together and have them argue with one stronger than the other? And Seems to be a lot of that going on. Or was that just dogfighting one? Why are they got your little testosterone in? But it was it was three siblings fighting. One of them wasn't a boy one. The sister. She, she was, was getting in there. Oh, barely. She was the feisty one. She was the one that was trying to control the two of them. The younger brother was the violent one, and I really liked him. He was just a loose cannon. <laughs> she was the one with her head together. Yeah, the, the older brother was a bit of a dick. He was mopey and sulky. And... Yeah. What about batshit mum? You didn't love batshit mum? Nah. Fuck, she'd run in with a fucking shovel, and there'd be some crunching. Oh, I love the sound design, man. All those screechy violins and shit. And then, like, snapping bones and stuff. She's, like, smashing people up with poles and stuff. I didn't notice the snapping bones. I didn't like the score in the violins and screeches. It's pretty avant-garde. I think it's an acquired taste. That's fair enough. Okay. It was a violin orchestra. It was bizarre. It was like no other instruments. It was... Yeah. Oh. But then you, you see them, you know, they've got their girl tied up. The brothers start fighting over what for? Is their lust all of a sudden taking away their desire to get meat? 
yeah, the mum runs in and kills her, but then doesn't eat her. There's all this disgust with prostitutes because your father was this, but then she's fucking a taxi driver at the end, so she's quite hypocritical. Batshit nonetheless. Mopey's around. They're doing everything wrong. I said at the time there was no answers to any of the things, like where they got it from. It's been the other way, actually. There weren't enough questions. We had this opportunity. The cops were like, oh, you cannibals. They eat each other in the city. Move on. Like, they sh- should have been some questions. All no, this, like, d- diving into rights, but then really giving us nothing. I know it was a bit of a tease at the end. Don't you think it was like, um, there was a lot of unclear, like, what do they do? Are they cannibals? Do they eat people every day? Do they eat as much as we do? Do they eat real food as well? What was this ritual? What was the ritual to do? Why did they care so much about the ritual? What did the father die of? <clears throat> why was the mum obsessed with the ritual? But then why wouldn't they just go ahead with the thing? Like... Nothing was clear. It was all so muddy. Yeah, that was annoying. That was awesome. No, no, like... They asked all these questions and elab- gave no answers. Elaborate on what the father died on. Um, no, it's like a glimpse into a world. It's like, this is a world you know nothing about, but look, we'll let you peek through here and get excited, but we're not going to... You can't come right in, though. No, they should I found that exciting. No, a bit more, a bit more. Mm. Maybe they pulled back the curtains, but left the neck curtains in place, and so we got an obscured peek. I'd have rather a peek. I'd have rather they elaborated on why they died but then didn't go into it. Or They'd elaborate like, on it and then not go into it. Like, um, why did the autopsy guy say he was poisoned? Is he? Was he? Then skip over it. The slapstick cops, did they have Benny Hill music? Yeah, the cops, the entire police force needed to be taken out of the film. They were pretty rubbish. Yeah. And that first cop and was the families. embarrassing. Yeah, remove the family and the cops. <laughs> and the prostitutes. And leave a cannibal story with a bit more into it. The story about urban cannibals would be good. This was it would like be. A, this was like this a Spanish that. melodrama. Melodrama? It was oh, so violent. There were scenes of violence. I didn't get any, I didn't hear any bone breaking. All I saw with her shovel was like, shot of the prostitute, cut back to more black, mum swinging something, can't see, and then a couple of scenes later, have a shot of badly done makeup woman as they roll into the... Bad makeup? Didn't she have like fake blood on her head and you couldn't like they didn't show anything there was no gore not that I'm looking for gore but it's just like yeah okay and they drop her off are they not that hungry they just go and drop her off that's the mystery is the mum in charge isn't there what I found that luring that, was, Why that, was, just, that was just the pussy kids not standing up to the psycho mum no because mum was going back she was shouting why are you trying to fuck my kids or something that was, that was never the case she's batshit crazy yeah she's crazy and the kids should have slapped her and said get fucked mum we're eating this why did they need to eat that because they have to eat the cannibals. That's what they eat. How do you know? What do you mean? And you've said that. Well, because they're hungry. That they don't eat. Because you went to see a cannibal film. Yeah. And you assume that's what they do all the time. So what do you think they're doing? They're eating steaks and. That's a note. Didn't tell me. It said we've got to find meat for a ritual tomorrow night. No, I think we've got to find meat to eat. They eat it as part of a ritual. They've built a ritual around their dinner. They're cannibals. They eat the meat. They had rice and flour and shit, but they were out of that. And he goes out and gets a corpse every couple of days, once a week maybe. Do you think they eat people every day? Three days, maybe? I don't know. So what do they eat for the rest of the time? Who knows? Rice, yeah. flour, maize? They didn't go into any of that. So well, they, she, they she put her hand in the bin and was like, we're out of rice, we're out of flour, we're out of corn. But what makes you think that they it never explained why they eat people? It just said it's a ritual that involves eating people. No, I didn't get that. I thought it was pretty, obviously described as a food source. But no, because, you know, they had all, like, all, all the clocks set and everything. Like, it was definitely a, like a, 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 you know, a religious rite or something. Oh, at the end he tried to throw it into it, yeah. Yeah, that, I wouldn't have minded more questions. Maybe they were, like, if I had to convince people to eat food, because let's say you're in charge of a village 2,000 years ago and you're out of food, and so you decide to start eating someone. They're not going to believe that. So you turn it into a ritual, you know. Maybe the ritual was just, it would have been in, intricately tied in with them being cannibals. But it was food, yeah, they were food. 
didn't the sister be like, we're very hungry, you have to get something to eat, because if we don't eat in a couple of days, we'll die. Look, no, we're out of rice, we're out of flour. It's not until the I end they start talking about rituals. It's not until the end when the mum's like, rituals, and you see them lighting. Like, for the longest part, I thought they was going to dissect them on the table in the front. But from, from, from the very start, though, they were like, we have to get a body by tomorrow night. I thought because all those clocks were. I thought that was more like, because we'll all be... Because I'll be hungry by tomorrow night. <laughs> yeah, that's what I thought. That's what I was getting They're at. They're not hungry tonight, or...? No, like, yeah, maybe they didn't eat last night. Maybe it takes longer to digest. Maybe they evolved. Maybe they're different. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe. Awesome. It's all no, you skip, can make it. All that. That was you all can irrelevant. make up what you want about it, as I did. You made up a much cooler story than me, then. <laughs> Possibly. These dudes needed some meat. They got the whore. They, she was on the butcher's table. The kids were about to cut her up into steaks. Mum came down, freaked out. Psycho mum. They were softy pussies. They didn't walk all over it. Then the next day, they're like, cool, well, before we eat this delicious meal, let's cut them up in the traditional way. You light all the candles, I'll sharpen the knives. Then we'll cut them into steaks. Then we eat them. Why the clocks were set? Nah, you can't get me excited without giving me enough information. That seems like tacking ideas on at the end because I realise I've made a shit melodrama. Wow, didn't yeah. see that at all. More of a peek into... I wanted there to be some ties-ins. I wanted more elaborations on the rites. Maybe it was rituals. I still think you wanted that, everything handed to you. You no, wanted no, everything no. spelled out. No, not handed <laughs> to me. Pick up a like, sheet at the door at the front of the theatre, explaining like, the rules. Like instead of having a candle behind that white plastic, mm. what if that had gone like under the house where there was like a mini pyramid or something, or like a miniature replica of one of those old Aztec temples or something? Or if there was a, it was bullshit. It was bullshit. I, I, I have no idea what you're talking about. Like you didn't like it because there wasn't a <laughs> mini pyramid in it. Because they just had candles? I wanted it to be tied into something more. Here's this quirky family. They all know how society works. They run watches at the market. One's got a temper. Mum's batshit crazy. Daughter's a bit incestual. Other gay son's a bit of a moper. They eat for food. Well, here's a last minute thing. Let's pretend there's a riot. Oh, the cops are here. Now it's a blah, blah, blah. I wanted more. I wanted to be like, oh, they're an ancient Aztec race. The last of their kind. If they don't eat within three days, they get the shakes and die. And so they've built a ritual around it. They didn't have to then, you know, didn't have to like flash back to um, 5000 BC. But they right. could have worked that in. They could have worked in an intriguing backstory. Yeah, so backstory. So you needed it. It's spelt out. You didn't want to wonder. You didn't want to make it up. You wanted it. There wasn't enough there to wonder about. All right. Yeah. I saw a family that were in total fucking chaos once. They didn't expect the dad to die. He died. They had something they had to do, ritual. I don't like selling this as a cannibal film, which I was doing too. I was guilty of that. Everyone should be as excited as me about this Mexican cannibal film. Shouldn't be sold as a cannibal film. They needed a body for something, eating or a ritual or something that they're doing tomorrow night. The family was thrown into complete chaos. All of them tried to be the boss. The violence, you know, punching the fucking bus driver and jumping off. Do you really think he was gay? Like, no. It didn't explain that whole big chase scene. He was like running around after those gay dudes. For meat or because he was gay and why was the brother touching the sister and it was all just so confused. Everyone, the characters were confused and we were confused. I thought in a really, really good way. The mum kept changing her mind. They were just in, they just weren't coping. I thought it was brilliant to watch. I've heard this film compared to Dogtooth. Do you think Dogtooth spelled it all out? There was enough questions. Imagine if a dog tooth, the mum had thrown the toy plane or something, and the kids had been excited about it, without them going a little bit further and explaining that they've fucked up the kids, and they're convinced of that planes sometimes crash in there. There was just a little bit more to stand back and go, oh, these fucking people are crazy. 
oh my god, I watched a story about a tribe of people that have survived for 10,000 years and now they're living in the slums of fucking Mexico and they're still continuing that's on. Pretty, that's pretty tight demands you're going in with, though. Not really. I, I need these people to be part of an ancient race. No, I just wanted anything. The Dogtooth family could turn out to be alien. It wouldn't have mattered, but they did it really well. Agree. Dogtooth is better. Than, um, this film could have benefited, though. What I didn't like yeah. in it. You're saying there's not enough and I need it spelled out. I'm going, it's not those two extremes. I didn't need it spelled out. I wanted more story. Okay. It's growing on me. I didn't. I put it as hate, the most hated afterwards. Dropped it to 10 out of only 8. Mm. But now it's rocked up to 4. Like it's... <laughs> doesn't get classified as a docker. It certainly wasn't nearly as brilliant as it wanted. It was so fucking dark, bro. You couldn't even see half of it. Everything was filmed inside at night time with bad lighting and terrible cameras. Yeah. It wasn't a very pretty film. And a chip rustling packet dude in the fucking cinema. <laughs> and a projection booth lights flicking on and off. Uh, didn't help either. <laughs> Last of the fest and looking forward to it immensely and just petered out to me. For me, unfortunately. That's fair enough. You're wrong, but that's fair enough. Yeah. Tell me about Tracker. You and saw Tracker. Yeah, yeah, I did go and see Tracker actually. Won some tickets off Twitter. Thanks like Rialto and whoever it was, View NZ. I love free shit off Twitter. That's mm. pretty handy. Hope no one cons on to that because at the moment stuff will people go for it. <laughs> yeah, went went long. Didn't know much about it. Well, Pam watched the trailer before I had and I said, I think we're going to see a film where Ray Winston, like uh, a Boer soldier, comes over from South Africa, teams up with Tim Morrison, who's a tracker, and they go looking for some criminal. Pat's like, nah, Tim's the criminal. He's the married right, off to the bush. Ray Winston's a tracker. It's a chase movie. So we you know, knew about it before I went in there. Watched it. Tim's accused. Bit of racism at the start. Gets accused of causing a fight. White soldiers are like, oh, they'll never believe us, you fucking Maori. I'm honky or some shit. He runs away. They go and chase him. There's a snooty British dude who's got a backstory with board the tracker. They go off. There's some local Kiwi rough as guts character. Oh, yeah, I'm married one, bro. Um, like, he's a tracker, but Ray's like, you're tracking wrong. And so they listen to the guy they always use and takes him off the wrong way. Ray heads off by himself, catches up with Tim. Over the course, like, they change control of it. Like, picture one dude's walking in front with a rope, and then next thing there's a clip a bit of wrestling a rifle. And now, oh, you're in front with a rope, and I'm walking in your boots and your coat. It's raining now, see how you feel. Oh, I just changed it back, and now I'm in control. At no stage, they even think, like, tie someone properly or... Like, put a bullet in them all. It was all just very comical. Lots of comical banter. Really? Right? Yeah. Huh. At the very end... I got a bit lost in your synopsis there, but it's like a bit of a, a road movie? Yeah, a road movie in the bush. Wow. I didn't... It's, it wasn't a chase movie. He catches them in the first 20 minutes. Huh. Lots of good scenes of tracking, and then he catches them in the first 20 minutes, and then they walk length and rope and discuss how Ray's parents died and how Tim's grandfather used to take him here and he watched him hung, and there's some emotional scenes, and at the end of it, their mates and the British catch up, and it's... Um, and go and pretend he's killed him and so forth and then escapes everyone lives happily ever after spoiler alert everyone lives happily ever after <laughs> that's not a spoiler do you get a buzz out of seeing uh, Māori on screen also New Zealand that wasn't very Māori ah real uh, he does a hucker at one stage. He talks about him going to a cave his grandfather used to take him to. Oh, right. He rocks a lot of Marion. And the question asked her afterwards, it was something I was thinking, but I, I would have asked it differently. I wanted to say, did the Brits want subtitles for the Maori parts that Tim yells at Winston? But some dude instead says, my Maori wasn't that good. Why didn't he have subtitles? What was he saying? <laughs> Tim's like, you got the picture of what he was saying, right? If I'm yelling at someone, do it. There with my fist in the air. I'm not inviting him for tea. I, I got that point. But apparently it was the other way around. The Brits did love it without subtitles. Mm. Used to it. But you get that in plenty of movies. You can have a samurai film and then oh, yeah. only the relevant parts are subtitles. Totally. He was like, the Brits didn't give a shit at all. They wanted another subtitle. Only the Kiwis worried about being PC. Were like, you better put subtitles in. Not everybody can read that. 
No, you don't have to at all, actually. Just fucking leave it out. It's a film. Oh, yeah. Sounded like a complicated build, though, for this film. Like, um, script writer here, script writer there. It was weird. I was looking for the director. I didn't find out until midway through the Q&A because the credits rolled and the director wasn't the first. Lots of first AD information, then um, cast and stuff, and I'm waiting for it, waiting for it. The director hasn't come at once. I've seen the whole film from the start. It hasn't come at once. I was thinking this is going to be Alan Smithy or something. Mm-hmm. But midway through, Tim drops it on us. Oh, and big thanks to what's his name for stepping up to be the director. And he's done, like, two films and a bunch of TV, and his two films were, like, 30 years ago weird when you read his Wikipedia page to see this rock in there. Bizarre. So, and it's a collaboration between like the UK Film Council and the NZ Film Trust. Oh, right. NZ Film Commission, sorry. And it's like, yeah, weird. So Ray bought the UK Film Council and TM bought the <laughs> New Zealand. It's a UK film, apparently. The UK film for ages. Oh. Written by some dude about, um, I think it was almost like a fucking tourism piece, the amount of beautiful scenic shots of NZ. Yeah. Someone jokes, I noticed that as well. It's like, you're on Piha running down a beach, next thing you're at fucking Bethel's. Well, next year I'm uh, like a white kid of uh, hilly country, and then you're at Queenstown Lake. It's like, we know that. We've seen these places. What do you think about that? He's like, oh, magic film, bro. <laughs> Tor Fraser was um, hosting the QA. Him and Tim were having a good old laugh. The QA was better than the film. Really? Yeah, a little bit stink about that. But I didn't want to tweet that, I felt bad. So I, I put something like, oh, the QA with Tim was really funny, he's a good guy. And the film wasn't bad. <laughs> It's not the glowingest recommendation. I'm going to go see it in a couple of weeks. I'm still looking forward to it. Oh, I'd love to hear your thoughts, actually. Okay, bro, I'm going to do a quick Skype. Shoot. Okay, at um, Academy Cinemas, I saw Reflections in a Golden Eye. It's part of this um, Marlon Brando thing they were doing for yeah, a week yeah. or two there. Little this Little one, Taylor? yeah, this one was tied into Liz Taylor's death as well. There's Marlon Brando and Liz Taylor. It's a bizarre 1967 film. Uh, and he's a, a captain at an army base, like in America. He doesn't really do much. He fucking rides horses and shit. He's going a bit crazy. He has all these weird scenes in his office by himself. Liz Taylor is his wife. She's going a bit crazy, and she's cheating on him. And then Robert Forster, who's uh, Max Cherry from... Max Cherry, Cherry Bonds. <laughs> Thank you. I, was, I even wrote down, Corey will probably say. <laughs> I didn't really. He's young in 1967. He's this weird fucking nudist soldier. He works for them. He takes care of their stables. Uh-huh. But he's a peeping Tom. He spies on them all the time. He sneaks into a room and shit. And he he naked rides these horses out into the forest. And then somebody's naked. He's not having an affair with Liz. He's not the no, one. No. He's the okay. peeping Tom. And so he's fucking crazy. Yeah. And then they're also spied on by their neighbor, who's fucking crazy. So it's a bunch of people <laughs> being fucking crazy. It's really weird. And on top of that, they've got a uh, the crazy neighbor is looked after by a Filipino houseboy. Oh, he's one of the best things I've ever seen on film. Wow. He saved this. He's just so bizarre. It's like he's never seen a film before. He didn't know how to act, and it was so over the top. Awesome. Have you seen anything? Not a good film, though. No, okay, there you go. Marlon Brando, you couldn't understand. He's getting a bit older, and he mumbles... And he had a southern accent. You couldn't understand. A porch? No. He was all in his tight captain's uniform. Yeah. And Liz Taylor was way over the top. R.I.P. though. But whatever. Yeah. Her and Pete Postlethwaite can share the... Uh... No. He was before the... Yeah, yeah. He was, She was after. Yeah, I think so. At the showcase, I saw um, Sagan. Sagan, whatever it is. Sagan. Sagan. <laughs> it's a biopic about some famous fucking French author lady. She lived hard, did drugs, parties... <laughs> Made millions, spent millions. True story, but it was um, it was real scatty, man. Didn't let you cling on to anything. And I found out afterwards when I read the brochure, going that was a bit crap. Read from the brochure, it was a TV miniseries that's been cut down into a movie, and it really felt like it, like it covered sixty years. Oh, rough. Uncle Boon Me. Second watch. Is this the first time I've heard about this? Possibly. Yeah, yeah. Me and Corey saw this last year together. I fucking Uncle, loathed Uncle it. Uncle Boon recalls his past lives. Uncle Bo- well done. We fucking loathed it. Is that is that fair enough to say? All three of us did in past We fucking yeah. loathed it. Three of us? 
Jackie went. Oh, Jackie went. She liked it. This is a, a, a Thai film about a dude with a failing kidney. Thing. He's at the end of his life. He's being visited by family and ghosts. Then it cuts away to some fucking weird story about a princess and a magic catfish trying to make her prettier. And I don't know. It's fucking, it's weird. It was much better the second time around. <laughs> Cop out. However, totally not for me. It's a really boring film. Aside from all the kidney draining scenes, which fucking kill me, it was disgusting. I really couldn't. Plugging some shit in and leaking water out of his kidney, disgusting. Apart from that, it's just really slow. Like when the auntie's driving to his house, that scene goes for like seven minutes. And her driving, she's in the back seat looking out the window. Yeah. I'm just like, why am I watching this? But there was some cool stuff in it. The, the, the characters actually are kind of cool. And his son comes back and he's like, um, he was this cameraman who was like trying to take photos of these spirits. They look like black Wookiees with glowing red eyes that jump around on the tops of the trees. Yeah. He tries to take photos of them. He ends up fucking one of them and yeah, becoming he, he, one of them. He leaves real early, right? He's like, I, I remember my son left. Um... He comes into the film, like 20 minutes into the film, as a black Wookiee. And they're like, whoa, you died. What the hell happened to you? Oh, remember, he's like, oh, I'm a black Wookiee now. Here's my story. I remember black <laughs> Wookiee rocking up. I forgot that it was the son that nicked off in the tree with his camera and followed him so, and then one day married one. Yeah, it was bizarre. But then the whole film goes on, and then Uncle Boomy eventually dies. Spoiler alert, sorry. And then um, all of a sudden, his nephew's a monk. It didn't really explain, but he's a monk. And they go, and, they, and they're watching, they're counting the funeral donations in, yeah, the, in right. a hotel room, watching TV. And then he's like, hey, we should go get some dinner. The girl's like, no, I'll stay here. And the auntie's like, yeah, I'll come. And then the guy and the auntie leave, but they also stay and watch TV with the girl. And so all of a sudden, there's five of them. And they're like, they're just duplicated for no reason. Yeah. And who is this princess that fucking gets eaten out by a catfish? <laughs> what the fuck is it? I know. I suppose it's a past life, but is he the catfish or the well, princess? I have no idea. I think he's the catfish or one of the guards or something. No, he's the catfish. But what's up with the buffalo at the start? Is he also the buffalo? Yeah, who knows? I suppose that one you can guess he's probably the. It starts off with this 10 minute scene of a buffalo tied to a tree who breaks free and he wanders off into the forest and the dude comes and gets him and walks him back. It takes like 10 minutes. Yeah. It's like, what? What was that? Anyway, I get it. I definitely didn't hate it and found some pretty cool bits in it, but I'm still not an art wank. I still don't get why it's so fucking revered. Yeah. Moving on. Smashes Camera. Um, documentary about this dude. Can't remember his name, but he was like the granddaddy of paparazzi. He's like invented it or not invented it, but he was the first like famous dude. Pioneer? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, his muse was um, Jackie, Jackie O, Jackie... Yep, big glasses. Kennedy. Kennedy, Yep, that was his muse. And he was in and out of court with her because she kept fucking putting restraining orders on him and shit. And he was famous for that. So he's always in the paper. Um, And plus, Marlon Brando, once again, he he did a a car chase for Marlon Brando and then Marlon Brando smashed him in the face and knocked five of his teeth out. That was all in the papers. So this paparazzi was quite famous. Quite a lot of the doco was made up from old interviews with him and him on talk shows and shit. Like, I think he was a bit of a celeb in his own right. Oh, yeah. But he was awesome, bro. He was real awesome to watch. He's such a fun guy. He's a fucking arrogant blowhard. He thinks he's still alive. Oh, he's nice. still going. He thinks he's the coolest fucking thing ever. Yeah. And he's constantly selling you his product. He's got like this big old tacky like Scarface house with these big sweeping gardens, all plastic. He buys plastic plants and he's built himself this big surreal garden and he's obsessed with rabbits. Real rabbits or? The trees are plastic, the rabbits are real. 
What do they eat? I have no idea. Okay. He's fucking nuts. TMI. But it had so much cool stuff, man. Him chasing Catherine Hepburn and stuff. He, and his photos are real beautiful. Yeah. But he doesn't even look through the lens. He did some instructional shit where he's like, what you got to do is rush up and just fucking click the camera without even looking through it. Aim it in their direction and click it. By the time the bodyguards go, oh, you, fuck off. You go, oh, yeah, cool. And you've already got 20 photos. It's fine. So you don't piss anyone off. However, he did piss everybody off. <laughs> I think the only one that actually liked him was Andy Warhol. But he got photos of, of everyone. He was showing some of his cool shit, and it's really cool shit. All his old photos and that. That's so cool. But, like, he was showing us this one that was he took of Andy Kaufman. Do you remember? Jaxie yeah. and Man on the Moon. Yeah. But he had two of his mates with him, who at the time were no one. But, like, looking at it now in 2011, it was um, Larry David and Michael Richards who were, like, writers on Taxi or something yeah, like that. Yeah, certain writers, yeah. Yeah, and then you got the photo of these three. Kramer, like, oh Larry God. David, and fucking... Yeah. <laughs> these guys existed together. That's awesome. Yeah, it was real cool. And it had heaps of art critics and everyone arguing, like, and now he's got exhibitions and books out and stuff. But you're like, is he really an artist? Like, he doesn't even look through the lens. He's captured heaps of cool shit. But was that fluke or because he took a million and also arguments with lawyers about, like, what, how far does the law go? When she's like, you can't do that. And he's like, why not? It's a park. Why can't I do this? So that was real interesting as well. Cool doco, man. Nice. Operation 8? Yeah. Two hoy raids. Yeah. And the Uluwera. Yeah, this, this is pretty much a documentary poking fun at the police. New Zealand police and the government for the choreographed raids. And, but there was raids in Two hoy, Auckland, Palmy, Welly, all at the same time. Yeah, that's how they do raids, though. Yeah, but they were like, this is about the Tuhoi raids. Like, Tuhoi's a place. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, like, all the people they interview, the main two they interview are, like, some fucking Swiss dude from Auckland. What was his name? I don't know. Does he write books? I'm not sure. The two main ones, and him and, and the chick, they're both foreign white people. Yeah. live here. Like, now at the end, in the Q&A, like, someone stood up and go, thank you for telling our story, and no one ever tells a story. If a Māori tried to tell a story, no one listen you know, this really wasn't a Māori story at all yeah it had nothing much to do with Māori people or Tuhoi it was like they happened to be involved in this thing and it's all just poking fun at them every time Helen Clark had come on or Rodney Hyde the audience was just cracking up the documentary just poking fun and the fucking audience loved it yeah and fair enough I mean they they got treated rough on that day Black Black Monday or whatever they called it didn't your sister have friends in Wellington in the same raid sort of thing yeah yeah she recognised some of the footage she got a bit teary during it at the um, anarchist library down in Wellington and that. radical yeah she knew um, I can't remember his name now Oscar Ollie one of the guys that talked quite a bit she knew and had the posters of Dylan on there and stuff Right. With his megaphone and shit. He wasn't in it, but... Fucking one-sided and very, very incomplete, but you kind of can't pick on it for that because the trial hasn't even happened yet. So it was like the cops bust in and did all this stupid shit looking for napalm and shit. I don't even know why they were looking for napalm. Um, in 2007, and this trial still hasn't happened. So in the meantime, the people that got fucked over then have got this documentary yeah, to yeah. poke back. So it's, it's not a great document, but it's... <laughs> Good on them, I said. So they didn't, they didn't say, like, um, they didn't give the charges any weight. Oh, the police are looking for napalm. And, um, but the know, police... They, they, could be, they could be made of three things. All you need is fertiliser and... They didn't, try no. and make, they didn't make an offence. And, like, and, and currently... We, mentioned it. Yeah, and the only person you heard from from the other side, because everyone declined to be spoken to, the only one who did... You got interviews with that commissioner dude, police commissioner, what's his name? Got old guy with glasses. And his, his things were just useless. Now, like, so why were you looking for napalm? He's like, I really can't talk about that. And they're like, so you didn't find anything? He's like, well, the trial hasn't happened. I'm not saying anything. I'm like, so we're getting no information here. Yeah. But they pulled out heaps of stupid shit to poke fun at them. Like, you open this envelope marked war documents and you opened it up and it was this 
like a fanzine thing called Windy or something, a Wellington fanzine thing. It was yeah. little war documents and shit. Molotov cocktail. It was a bottle of Steinlager. Yeah. It was a mockery. And he's like, you, you arrested that guy. He's protesting for animal rights. And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, animal rights, jihadism, it's all the same thing, really. <laughs> he's like, oh, my God, you just said that to fucking nice, the yeah. news. What a dick. They do get scared, those uh, people. It was pretty fun. But, um, yeah. Pretty incomplete. We'll see. Hopefully, there's part two after the trial happens, if it happens. Was there talk on that? Did they bring that into it? No. The, the director couple was there. They're not a couple. The, the dude and the chick who directed it. And they were saying the thing started off as just a document. They were like, holy fuck, there's been these raids. That sucks. Let's go and interview everybody we can. Not thinking where it was going. And you kind of see it. The doco didn't really have a thrust. Oh, yeah. They just collected everything and then said, what should we do with this? Put it together and release it. Yeah, and poke fun at the cops. Yeah. Which worked really well. But it was interesting, man. Surveillance and stuff, like the directors got tailed and, you know, phone bugs and everything. And you think, secret New Zealand police and stuff. It seems so stupid. <laughs> and they were, like, tried to interview these private eyes and that. Thompson and Clark or something, oh, these nice. PIs. And they were like, bro, what are you filming? Nothing. The water? No, you're not. <laughs> you're like, you're filming me. I don't have to answer that question. <laughs> Wow, this sucks. Nice. If I'd have gone to that, I would have wanted... Some kind of conclusion or... Just stories, what evidence was found, what evidence was... Uh, what they were accused of. Yeah. Like, did you know that NZ has um, a force capable of wiretapping and surveillance and they record, you know, all those whole it, it did recordings, big domes and shit. And yeah, see, that never came into it. But it did go into a little bit about Holland starting the terrorism, what was it, the anti-terrorism laws or, or some shit, like she fucked shit up, she should never have brought that shit in. Yeah. Went in a bit into that, but mostly it was just talking to people going, oh my god, the cops are dicks. Like it had, it had a repeated scene that was so funny. Like a dude's like, here's where the cops smashed in, they smashed in my ranch slider, we don't lock it, I don't know, they should have just opened it, really. <laughs> everyone cracks up. Then they took this guy in Manarewa, and he's like, this is my gate, this is where they smashed in the gate. And then it pans across, and his fence doesn't even reach halfway across his lawn. Like, they just smashed it in for a show of power or something. But then they're like, oh, they told me if I better cooperate else, they're going to send me to Guantanamo. I don't even know where that is. <laughs> it was a pretty fun docker. One more, bro, one more. I also saw Paul. You didn't come to Paul. You promised you would to the air audience last week. You promised them Paul. Fuck him. <laughs> no, let's, let's hear it. Uh, the only thing I want to say about Paul was it's um it's Simon Pegg and Nick Frost from Shaun of the Dead and uh, Hot Fuzz. Yeah. They wrote this one for themselves. And they're like two English dudes who come over for Comic-Con and do a UFO tour of America. Yeah. And they happen to, to run into a real live alien and sort of take him on. He stows away with them. Uh-huh. Uh, and there's also, they pick up a Christian as well. Kristen Wiig. She's a psycho Christian who kind of gets converted along the way. But the thing I wanted to say about it was it's really not that funny. It's mainly just full of references, like cluttered with references, references galore. Like, I tried my very, very best. I probably got 40% of it. Paul is the name of the alien. Seth Rogen plays the voice of the alien. Yeah. For the last 60 years, he's been living in, like, this warehouse. But it's just like, it's the Indiana Jones warehouse with all the, the crates and crates and crates with the Basement, heavy arc and shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Things come up, someone mentions the X-Files, and he's like, oh yeah, I wrote Mulder's part or something. Like he, It turns out it's Paul, the alien, that has sort of created our sci-fi culture. It's all sort of come from him. So everything, Close Encounters, to Back to the Future, to Aliens, to E.T., like everything's referenced in there. Cleverly, really cleverly. 
Unfortunately, it sort of replaces jokes a lot of the time. Oh, yeah. Like when they're like, blah, 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 X-Files, and he's like, I created Mulder. And you're like, that's not a joke. You just said you created Mulder. Are there jokes that's that an interesting fact. Actual jokes? Yeah, I think that's pretty fucking... It's pretty funny. Fucking laugh, laugh yeah, out yeah, loud, yeah. yeah. What I'm saying is this one isn't laugh out loud like Shaun of the Dead. Oh, okay. And it's actually got a shtick you would have hated. Kristen Wiig, because she's just recently been unconverted, she doesn't know how to swear. And so she's constantly swearing, but getting all the couplings wrong, putting swear words in the wrong place and stuff. Like, um... Kevin Chan. Kevin fucking Chan, fuck. <laughs> you titty-farting poop butt or something. And you're just like, yeah, that's not cool. Please stop doing it. Yeah. Please stop doing it. <laughs> but Seth Rogen was really fucking good in it. Jason Bateman is the FBI chasing him. Yep. Bill Hader and Joe Latroglio, those, everyone's fucking funny. But yeah, I'm going to catch it somehow. You don't, you don't have to. No, but it's I a good. It's actually a good road movie. I won't pay for it. <laughs> it's a, yeah, just don't go in expecting a fucking comedy, a Simon Pegg comedy. So who, who's going to go see it? Because I tell you, the only person I've heard interest from this until it dropped was my nearly sixty auntie, sixty plus auntie, who was all really looking forward to seeing Paul. That looks fun. I, I have to tell you, anyone who's into sci-fi definitely should see it because this is That's a, this is yeah. sci-fi worship. As for comedy fans, if you're like big fans of all the Judd Apatow shit, and you don't have to. Oh, yeah. They're all in there, but you don't have to. You sound like Tommy Moore. <laughs> it's a non-funny sci-fi. It's a sci-fi reference movie. Yeah. With well, Simon Pegg and Nick Frost. Yeah, that sounds actually good. I'm too far wrong. What else you say? Is that Anyway, that, 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 that's what I saw. Sorry, that was going to be six minutes. I think it was about 25. Fucking the chair, man. I apologize for the recording. This is... This is Rush. We're all off to a party. My sister's birthday. Happy birthday, Jim. Yeah, happy birthday, Jim. We're off to get drunk at Jim's party. <laughs> nice, nice. In my garage. Um, <laughs> apart from Paul and Sucker Punch, Arthur, the remake of Arthur with Russell Brand in the Dudley Moore role and yep. Helen Mirren as his nanny. I say the majority of people seeing that won't have seen the new one. 16-year-olds, 18-year-olds. Yep. Fuck that, man. you got to be 30 to remember Arthur. Can't do a Dudley Moore impression. I can't. My market. <laughs> There's a new Hong Kong um, historical martial arts thing out called um, The Lost Bladesman. Mm, I'm in. Donnie Yen, um, who's my favourite of the, those dudes, he's uh, Ip Man, he was Chen Zen, he was in Hero, he was in Blade 2. Really? He was in Iron Monkey and stuff. Anyway, it's the it's a famous legend of a dude who slashed his way through enemy territory to give his boss back his spouses that had been in prison or something. It's directed by the two dudes that wrote the Infernal Affairs trilogy. Wow, that's bizarre. They wrote that trilogy. They've decided they can direct now. I think it's like two dudes wrote it and two dudes directed it and there was one crossover. Like there's Tom, Dick and Harry. Tom yeah. and Dick wrote it. Dick and, Dick and Harry. Harry directed it. So yeah. Dick did both. Yeah. Tom and writer Dick. slash director of. Tom and Dick have written and directed this one. Um, sounds pretty good. Thor. Out. Anthony Hopkins and the rest of the gods cast some buff Melbourne dude out of the heavens, banishing him and his magic hammer to earth to mack on Natalie Portman. Keen? Yep. No, no qualms? Top 10. <laughs> sounds awesome. I haven't seen the trailer. I don't know anything about the comic. I've seen a picture of Thor. It looks terrible. Ah, oh, right. I think I've heard the actors. Anthony Hopkins, Natalie Portman, there and some dude from Melbourne. I thought Kenneth Branagh was in there as well, somewhere. Really? Maybe he directed it. Yeah. It's going to be cool. In the Art Houses, Another Year is still on. A new one from Mike Lee. He made all those English comedy dramas and shit. Yep. He's apparently awesome, and we should get into him. Like, yeah, cool. I think we'd really appreciate it. We're going to go watch this. So that's we'll start. go watch it. This is about Jim Broadbent and Bruce Sheen, husband and wife, old couple who live in an old villa south of England, and it's sort of a gathering point for a lot of... Everyone comes to them to relieve their stories. Sounds good, anyway. That's what I got from the trailer. Also, 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 the 8th of May, motherfuckers. <laughs> Capital. Capital on Dominion Road. Double feature. 
David Bowie's son, Duncan Jones, a.k.a. Zoe Bowie, but really Duncan Jones, Moon, and then Source Code. That is like four hours of pure. What kind of cool bitch do you have to be to have made two films and some motherfuckers playing a double feature yeah. of yours? Tarantino. You've already proven yourself. Yeah, this is Zoe Bowie. His two films, his new film that's out this week, Source Code, plus the one he made two years ago, his fucking Moon. fucking masterpiece, his understated, minimalistic, but incredibly deep masterpiece, Moon, with Sam Rockwell. Always been a massive actor, Sam Rockwell, and uh, Kevin Spacey playing Gertie. Back in the day, Capitol used to be a cult cinema, and they used to play like Rocky Horror Picture Show Thank and all kinds of shit. Too. Here's an example. I went to a triple feature. Let's see if I can get this right. I think we do a triple feature of Hype, which is the documentary about how the grunge movement started with heaps of interviews with Pearl Jam and Nirvana and Soundgarden. SFW, yep, which was the Dorf. grunge movie. Tony McGuire was in that. Stone Skateboarder. Wow. Cameo. And Gua. Gua, yeah. Gua. And Baraka, which oh. is the photography with music. Beautiful fucking movie. Everyone should see Baraka. But double feature of Rock Horror Picture Show with Abba the Movie. I went and saw Pulp Fiction there, I went and saw Reservoir Dogs there, Old Men in New Cars, and in China they eat dogs, some Danish gangster films. This, this, it used to be fucking awesome. Dick. Then I became an Indian theatre, just playing Bollywood shit. Now they've become Art House Light. They play like Black Swan and 127 Hours and Blue Valentine. There's only one screen, so they only play. This week we're playing these two movies. That's cool though. For the last month, they've had up an ad that they, they need a new manager, which is exciting news. Yeah. Where is the new manager going to take it? All of a sudden, they've got this double feature coming out. Plus, this week, another thing I want to mention is they've got The Illusionist playing. If anyone saw the triplets of Belleville, this is the animated masterpiece from Sylvain Chermay or whatever his name is. Beautifully detailed animated masterpiece. They're playing that during the only during the day though. It's like three forty-five daily or some crap. So if you're working, you gotta miss it. See it on the weekend. I reckon everyone should storm Capital, watch Illusionist, and then go Sunday the eighth of May to see the Moon Source Code double feature. Eighteen bucks. Yeah. And show Capital that we're all that about is, good films. Works. Yeah, that's worse. And you should go more this way. Because that's what. There you go. I'll see my piece. All it's taken is a guy that knows film. And he's seen a list of films coming out that he thinks he can hire. And he goes, you know what? If I get Source Code, I saw Moon. That's awesome because I'm not just a retarded manager. I know my shit. Yeah, yeah man. There's an optimistic uh, air about it, the whole situation. Yeah. yeah. Listeners, we need your help. Auckland listeners. Mm. How many of those we got? A good half dozen. <laughs> Academy Cinemas underneath the library on Lawn Street in the city has got some cool shit coming out. They reckon in May they've got it's comedy month. Moonstruck with Sure and Nick Cage. Sure, Sheer. Sure. Benny and June, Johnny Depp. Yeah. The Aristocrats. Yeah. Peter Sellers, Pink Panther. Yeah. American, the Bill Hicks story. I'm pumped with that. Yeah. Fair enough. Spaceballs, bro. Fuck off. Can't they just pulling up Blazing Saddles? Why are they going to go the other one? But um, Breakfast at Tiffany's is on Beetlejuice and shit. So yeah, that'll be coming up in the next month. Also, I wanted to mention uh, Film Society for the next two weeks. You've just missed from Yojimbo and... Wendy and Lucy. Yeah. You're a dick. In the next two weeks is French gangster films. Oh, there's two. Gangster films? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Crime, crime films. Crime. Old Caper. French. But if you want to go crime. along next week, there is. Here's my, here's my attempt. You ready? Do it, do it. Touche pas au gribi. Probably, probably anyway. get uh, pronounced on Wikipedia. And? Le doulos. <laughs> one's like a 60s and one's like a 50s, right? Not sure. Yeah. Old French films that are about to impress the shit out of us is what I'm guessing. 
So there we go. So next week we're going to be talking about another year, uh -huh. a couple of classics. Platoon played about a week ago. Mm. And last week we watched uh, Yo Jimbo. I reckon we should try and squeeze Thor in because those, if you put Platoon, Yo Jimbo, and another year, does that make a good episode? Yeah. I think we should maybe squeeze Thor in. <laughs> we need some popcorn. There's an eye Just not sucker punch. That's all they ask. Done. We'll have to get drunk. Yeah, catch your fellas later. <laughs> catch your fellas later. Oi, Gemma. Yeah.